Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. So good to have you with us, everybody. I'm dialing in from the Marriott, JW Marriott, here at the TMB, uh, TMBA's Southern Secondary Conference, where I'm the opening keynote speaker here. At, and shortly after the broadcast ends up, I go from here to the platform to deliver the opening keynote express, express. So big thank you to the TMBA for having me here and letting us operate out of their room here at the JW Marriott. By the way, it's a, got a little bit of a head cold going here. Had too much fun over the weekend and uh, managed to catch a head cold. So if you hear me coughing and sneezing or different things, you just have to put up with it. I'm sorry about that. At least you don't have to. We, I don't think we can. It's contagious through a podcast. You're all safe distance. We're good there. Anyway, it's Monday, January 30th, and we're broadcasting again live from the TMBA Southern Secondary Conference. This broadcast was created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Innovation Award. We're very grateful for that. I want to say uh, we're looking forward to having Marina Walsh back on for the MBA. And we're going to be talking about two upcoming conferences and the information. So you're getting a sneak peek on some of the things that are going on. We're focusing on the upcoming M&A workshop, MBA's M&A workshop that will be going on up in Dallas a little bit later on in February. So I was going to say later on this month. In my mind, it's almost like we're almost there. So just a little less, about three weeks out. So very, we're going to talk about that. And there is a lot of news. You guys see the city announcement that came out today? Uh, we're going to talk about that. So we're just going to freewheel it here. Marina's willing to just go where we need to go, talk about a lot of the updates, talk about the MBA, MBA updates. There's a lot going on. And Marina and I and many others just got back from the IMB conference in Palm Springs. So we are uh, loaded up with lots of good information and excited to share it with you in the Hot Topic segment. So stay tuned all the way through. Starting off with saying a big thank you to our sponsors, ArchMI, the creator of the new innovative Rate Star program, Jim Jump is going to be with us. Give us an update. Also, Motivity Solutions, providing real-time dashboards and scorecards. Also, Velma, an efficient marketing, uh, email marketing uh, platform that does a great job of getting your message out. Great group, great group of people. Also, Simplify, a real-time electronic communication exchange. Working, getting Nancy Alley back on the program. Looking forward to that. Also, Mortgage Collaborative, the power of the network. Great group of people. We get together in very intimate setting. I love the MBA sessions, and they're just wonderful. When you're looking for the, those intimate things, you can go to two things. You can go to the Mortgage Collaborative event. We've got one coming up March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Or you can also go to the MBA Chairman's Conference. Those are two really intimate groups where you get to meet leaders in the industry. I'm really big on those deals. Also, in clients, 70 countries. That's a good amount of reach. And you go check them out. Check out their mortgage bot all-in-one LOS system, which also has a new mo- I mean, mobile-ready application. Very cool technology. A lot of bank credit unions are signing up for that. You can go to dh.com or check them out at 1-800. Call them. Hold to someone there and talk to them at 1-800-815-592. While you're out there looking out uh, and doing it on the Internet, go out and Google MBA conferences. We have, again, I'm uh, broadcasting live from the, again, the TMBA Secretary Conference. Looking forward to seeing many of our listeners. As well as February 1st, I'm speaking at the Austin Mortgage Bankers Luncheon. Three speaking engagements in just a seven-day seven period. That's a lot. It's going to be up here, but I'm glad to do it. It's fun to speak to mortgage bankers. 
Also February 14th through the 17th, National Mortgage Servicing Conference, the NBA Conference and uh, Expo at the Gaylord Texan. That's going to be a good one. Also, we just talked about, and we're going to be talking about on the program, is the MBA's Mergers and Acquisition Workshop, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative Winter Conference. I talked about that already. Anyway, check out all the conferences that the MBA is throwing on. You don't want to miss these. They're really valuable content. And everyone who was at the IMB conference last week said the same thing. So much great content. And uh, we presented there, got a lot of great feedback. So check, when, check them out by going to MBA Conferences and Education. And then also while you're there, sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Joe Farr, I'm sitting here operating out of a, a meeting room here in, uh, in the JW Marriott. So I don't have all my normal websites up. I'm on my multiple screens. So you have to give me an update of what's going on in the market. Yeah, David. Well, we're up. That's a good thing to say. We we're up about three thirty seconds. We've been a little higher, but uh, not a lot actually. We've just dropped back down, so we're flat on the day. I'm sorry. Um, just just since I made my notes, so we're flat on the day, and uh, you know the stocks are somewhat in a sell-off mode. They uh, are down 175 points. So uh, it was part of the reason for a nice little rally to the point where we were up. Uh, four or five thirty seconds earlier, and uh, you know, around eleven what, o'clock what, Eastern what, time today. What's the news driving that? You know, I I don't know what's driving it lower, Dave. It's uh, the economic data that came out today was mixed, and and uh, I think the stock market's early drop was part of the reason that MBS prices uh, improved during the morning. Uh, the data that came out today included core PCE, which was important, but it's uh, it it came in. Yeah, you know, a little bit less than what was expected, but on the year, the annual rate remained unchanged at 1.7%. And then the other components of that data, uh, personal purchases and personal in- income, pretty much fell in line with what was expected. Uh, kind of a, a, a surprise to the upside, but was explainable, was uh, pending home sales. Uh, it was a large increase over November, but... But uh, 1.6% when uh, five-tenths was expected. But November, you might remember, was incredibly weak. It had fallen, I think, 2.5%. So, you know, some of this is is just getting some of the November activity flowing into December, kind of kind of uh, causing December to look better than it really should. Um, you know, this uh, pending home sales, like new home sales measures, uh, signed contracts, which... Uh, as we talked about, as far as new home sales goes, uh, it had been affected, seemed to have been affected somewhat by the uh, rise in interest rates. Well, uh, hard to say whether it affected uh, pending home sales, uh, meaning contracts signed to buy existing homes, previously owned homes, uh, uh, given how maybe the, the weak November number distorted the December number. We'll probably have to see better once, we, once uh, January numbers come out. Uh, another thing that came out this morning that uh, should have been a little, little bad for MBS prices was uh, the German inflation number. Germany has seen their inflation rise to just to 1.9 percent, and that has happened fairly quickly. And, and you know, it, 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 you know, Germany is now calling on the ECB to uh, you know curtail or to reduce their bond buying program, and the ECB's got the rest of the European nations to worry about where inflation is not right. going as rapidly as that. So uh, the ECB is going to be in a bit of a pickle. Uh, you know, as they see one of their members' inflation numbers overheating, while the rest of them are still trying to get there. So we'll have. I wonder if to I see. wonder if this is going to con- contribute to more Brexit type. Things is when you see a, you know, Germany 
of all countries. Well, that kind of it could, yeah. It really, it seems to fuel it. I mean, it's the stop. You know, when you you know, back to sovereignty. I mean, let us control our own destinies. I mean, side comment. I'll get Marina's take on that later. But sorry, Joe. Yeah. Go on. No problem. Well, uh, so last week, let's talk. It was a pretty volatile week, but all in all, it was just a net small net change in MBS prices. It started off on a good foot as MBS prices improved on Monday, uh, a little bit of a follow-through from a rally on Friday. And then on Tuesday, speaking of ECB, one of the ECB officials commented that it may soon be time to adjust their level of purchases from its current $60 billion a month bond purchase program. So, you know, it brings to mind the taper tantrum, right? Um, maybe, a, maybe not a tantrum, but uh, not good for mortgage rates. Uh, and then that, on top of a number of Fed officials in in the past, you know, ten days or so, that have brought up the balance sheet and the need to begin to think about the balance sheet. Uh, you know, not well with the Fed meeting this week. It's going to be interesting to see if they do mention anything having to do with their balance sheet, whether it be to curtail the amount of reinvestment that they're doing or to curtail reinvestment. Uh, you know, or when they might give guidance as to when that might begin. It may still be too soon for that to happen. Maybe the talk right now is just uh, to prepare us for a meeting down the road, maybe the, the meeting after the February meeting. So uh, anyway, there's there's going to be a time soon when the MBS market has to deal with uh, direction coming from the Fed right. as to its bond-buying program. Um, last week also GDP came out. Uh, it was weaker than expected, uh, 1.9 when 2.2 was expected. Uh, a big trade deficit really contributed to the downside miss. The housing data, existing home sales, is, uh, uh, fell short um, uh, of November, and uh, but November was best level ever. So really, existing home sales, and that that is exact uh, uh, in December closings of existing home sales. Um, we're still very close to, to being at the best level since 2007. Now, and we have talked about new home sales uh, had a big drop, and, and it was down like 5% from November, and some of that had to do with the rise in rates. But, you know, we'll see how much uh, that affects existing homes in the in the month to come. And uh, consumer sentiment was nice and high. So this week we have a lot of really significant data. Really, yeah. uh, big information. Uh, yeah, you know, the Fed meeting uh, will conclude at two o'clock on Wednesday. There's not a scheduled press conference at this one, so they'll read their statement. And uh, uh, the market really does not expect a change in Fed policy. Certainly not a not a change in the Fed funds rate. Um, but who knows if they might begin to say something about uh, the balance sheet and, and the fact that so many speakers have mentioned it here recently. It is a little bit concerning. Uh, the January jobs report will come out on Friday. Uh, job gains of 170,000 are expected. No change in unemployment and wage inflation of three percent, three tenths. Uh, you know that obviously can be a big market mover. And then, in addition, if that's not enough for you, it's uh, we got ISM manufacturing and the ISM services will be released on Wednesday and Friday, respectively. Chicago PMI and consumer sentiment comes out early in the week, and ADP and construction spending on Wednesday. So. Uh, a, a big week of uh, potential uh, market-moving, volatility-creating economic events. 
never boring in the markets. And so we'll have to see how that we'll see how that goes. Uh, I just had several people text me, Joe. So I'm going to be use use a sound check here. Are you hearing me all right? All right? Or am I breaking up? I'm hearing you side? now, but uh, Dave, before you you switched over to me, it was uh, cutting out a little bit. Uh, right okay. now, you sound fine. Okay, good. Thanks. We'll make sure we'll monitor that. I think talking too quickly over this system has a tendency to do it. Joe, that's a great report. It's a good information. I, I don't know how people in this day and age operate without having your uh, service. It's just so important, folks, to have, have being able to stay on the pulse of what is happening. So if you want to learn more how to sign up for MBS Quote Line, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with a brief word on how you can get signed up. Talk to you soon. We'll be right back. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS Quoteline delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect. And know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS Quoteline, delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS Quoteline today at MBS. MBSQuoteLine.com. MBSQuoteLine.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin. Good to have you back with us, everybody. Again, broadcasting live from the TMBA Southern Secondary Conference. And we have Paul Mallow on the phone. Paul, good to hear you're, that you're here. See you on the line anyway. Good, looking forward to getting your report. Lots on the, a lot of things in the news right now, Paul. Man, you must be writing like crazy. You know, it actually has been really busy the last two weeks, and uh, it's um, busy is good. Um, yeah. You know, the big story, uh, which is actually we have the, as our number two story, is Citigroup getting out of the servicing business. Um, you know, we we knew City has been, shall we say, whittling down its portfolio for years. Uh, and at last check, uh, they were number six, according to IMF numbers. Uh, they were number six with about $260 billion. Uh, they're going to lop off a big chunk, about uh, 97, to this publicly traded REIT, New Residential, which the money behind New Residential is uh, Fortress. So, uh, and uh, listen, New Res has been gobbling up right. servicing portfolios left and right from PHH, from Walters, and now this. Uh, they don't service the stuff themselves. They use subservicers in their REIT. They could raise money by selling a stock to the public, which is something we also announced this morning about 80, uh, I'm sorry, $800 million stock offering. Uh, and, you know, listen, uh, the, they're taking advantage of market conditions. They have leverage, they got money. Uh, they see a value here, and uh, they're going for it. And they see willing sellers who are, um, you know, cutting them decent prices. So, uh, and you know, in tandem with that story, we we crunched the bulk MSR transfers from Fannie, Freddie, Ginny Securities. John Bancroft did that one. Uh, you know, they roughly 369 billion dollars in bulk MSR transfers tied to Fannie, Freddie uh, mm. Securities changed hands last year. Uh, a lot of that is probably, you know, some of the deals uh, we talked about because Walter sold a bunch of servicing to New Res. So there's a bunch of transfers going on, and a lot of them, uh, you know, get taken up by these big bulk deals. Ginny May Servicing is, has not transferred as much. Uh, there's been problems in that market, which I won't get into now. That's uh, probably a discussion for a later time. But, you know, listen, uh, with rates going up, we're going to see a lot more servicing deals in the coming months and quarters probably, unless – 
for some reason the stock market tanks and uh, rates uh, will tank then if that happens. Uh, you know, you guys mentioned this morning the market activity. Uh, you know, some of the speculation is tied to all the stuff uh, Trump is saying about, you know, trade deals and the Mexican border and the walls and trade battles with whoever he wants to have a trade battle with. Uh, I think the market's starting to get a little nervous on the implications of some of these uh, things Trump's yeah. saying on trade, at least. Uh, and, and as far as, you know, some of the visa problems and the, and the immigration issues and the the whole refugee thing, there's concern at some of these tech companies, which not the headlines that we cover, but I've seen in the um, – you know, in the the financial trade press, you know, there's concern about some of the, uh, you know, the brain talent not getting to this country because of these immigration policies. So, you know, we'll see. And I think that's that's probably causing a little bit of the sell-off in the stock market today. Uh, jumbo news, some good jumbo news. Uh, Redwood's coming out with its second jumbo MBS deal of the year, and it's not even, you know, not even the end of January yet. So two deals so far. One is the new one that we wrote about this morning. They had one earlier in the month. Two jumbo deals in 27 days. That's pretty good. Uh, Redwood's all alone uh, doing those, but it, it, you could pretty much expect if Rumbo, uh, Redwood's doing a jumbo deal, we'll see more. Uh, we got a story about LO Systems. Uh, Stratmore did one of their reports about uh, you know some dissatisfaction with loan origination software systems. Uh, that's on the website. I suggest uh, people you know check it out. We also have a story that uh, hope is dying. Uh, for a cut in the uh, FHA MIP. Uh, that was a big story uh, yeah. over the last couple of weeks. We've been uh, writing about that exclusively a lot. Uh, there, is, there was a feeling after uh, Carson, or I shouldn't say Carson because he's not the, the he's not official yet, HUD secretary right. yet, they issued the mortgagee letter basically killing the uh, MIP reduction. Uh, and now there was speculation for a little while that maybe it would go through, uh, but now there's even more speculation that they're not going to uh, change the MIP. But you know what? We'll see. Uh, time will tell, and things can happen uh, no, rapidly. With the Trump administration, they tend yeah, to shoot some. Shoot, you know, they shoot first and ask questions later. Uh, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, so I won't take up more of your valuable time. I know Marina's going to be on the show later. Uh, everyone's yes. looking forward to that. So that yeah. is about it for now. Lots of newsworthy stuff when Maureen is on. So, and you've got a great, great website. I encourage people to go out and sign up for it. If you have not done so already, go out to imfnews.com down at the bottom under all the great articles about what's going on. You can see how you can sign up for the newsletter. I encourage you to do so. And, uh, Paul, th- thank you so much for taking time to be thank here. By know. the way, missing you at the IMBA, IMB conference. It was really interesting, really busy, and a lot of chatter. So you certainly see the momentum going towards the imbs right now in a real real big way so anyway love to head you out there anyway it's good to be good to have you on look forward to having you back friend folks we're going to be right back after this brief break are you using one of those expensive crms that your loan officers won't use if so then give my friends at velma a call and let them help you create a customer journey that relies on the data and not on loan officer interaction I encourage you to consider working with Velma to create a truly automated marketing experience for your organization. Velma makes marketing automation easy. Schedule a demo today at Velma.com. V-E-L-M. Simplify has technology that gives you. Simplify has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents. 
as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to Simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657. So good to have you with us, everybody. We've got Alice Alvey on the phone. It's always good to have Alice here. Alice and I presented together last Yes, last week, last Wednesday, in session, lots of feedback. So, Alice, good to have you on the program. What you seeing? What you got for us? Well, thanks, Dave. Yeah, it was a great session. The Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference is a great one. Uh, very intimate. Got a lot of a chance to talk with a lot of customers to get their sense on what is in store for the coming quarter. And a lot of companies are looking at new technology and new ways to be efficient. So. That's what we were talking about and helping folks with. Um, so uh, real good sessions there, a great conference. Uh, so for those of you who don't attend, check that one out. Um, so for my report, you know, on the legislation front, on one hand we have that uh, there's the executive order to put a freeze on any new regulations, right? <laughs> so you kind of all the compliance officers are going, phew, okay, great. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, what does that mean that I have in process already that may not be moving forward? Uh, so we don't have answers to that yet. Um, so, for example, you have Hunger Rule was final but not actually implemented yet. Um, servicing rules that are supposed to become effective later in October of this year are something to also watch. Uh, those may be delayed 60 days because of the freeze. So we're still watching this right now to kind of see, uh, look up exactly what is happening. Because as we know, some of the executive orders that are coming out, uh, there's definitely some interpretation that has to be clarified. Um, so I'm going to move to the big one, which is the uh, issue with the restriction from the immigration. And, you know, I had thought about this. I thought, well, what is the impact in mortgage banking to any of this? Is there? And um, as we thought through it, I thought, well, if I had a borrower that was stuck in this scenario um, who was here, had a visa legally, but somehow was stuck through this travel issue that's going on now, I think what I would do for lenders is you do have to make sure that you're being, you're aware of would this impact my borrower's ability to work. Um, certainly, you know, we have to just be careful that the loan is still saleable, my borrower is employed. It could be a needle in a haystack for some of you. You could have zero risk. Uh, but right now I think the one recommendation um, might be to be careful about any kind of power of attorney. Um, it, it, you know, in scenarios where the borrower may not be able to attend the closing. Um, so we're just thinking out loud here. Certainly you have to make sure you're checking fair lending and you're applying a policy equally across all borrowers, uh, you know, or under very specific circumstances that would not be discriminatory. But think through those processes um, in case you do have a scenario where someone has been um, potentially stuck in, in this uh, particular restriction that's going on right now. Um, Cordray, uh, whether or not his job is in jeopardy is still something that we're monitoring. Um, you know, there was the decision from the Federal Appeals Court in October. There right now are about 17 attorney generals supporting that he should stay in office and that the president does not have the authority to take him out um, and that there would have to be a change in the proceeding. Um, so there isn't any cause right now for the president to be able to act abruptly. Um, it's interesting the number of um, agencies and, again, the attorney generals that are all getting behind keeping Cordray in office. Um, That's so right now we're looking for some stability, <laughs> right? And there is yeah. none of that right now. None of that. Uh, so, 
yeah, so we will be watching that since um, obviously that's going to impact the legislation front. And then um, on the loan side, VA did issue a new circular. Um, check this out. They have clarified a little bit about the third student loans in the last 12 months, still being able to leave those out of the debt. Um, but if repayment is scheduled to begin the last 12 months, they put in some criteria for how to calculate that payment. Um, so the other agencies were on board with that. VA just issued some recent clarification as well. So make sure you check up on that. Uh, so those, that's my scoop for today, Dave, and I'll pass it back to you so we can get talking to Marina. Yeah, I can't wait to get on with her. So anyway, looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Alice, for the update. And folks, if you have not brought Alice in to do training or talking to her about all the services that she provides, I encourage you to do so. We're going to be right back after this brief word. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players. The Mortgage Collaborative was founded by former... I just had a love touch. Boy, my, I don't know what it is, but this is just really touchy today. You even get that cursor near one of these buttons, and it just takes off. So apologize for that, Alice. We got to, but anyway, Alice, so how can people get a hold of you? Let's just give them the, your phone number and all of that good stuff. That was wild. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Well, you can go to mortgage-u.com and get all the information about our learning services, or you can give us a call at 800 278 Zero two hundred, as well as some of the support services and risk management, learning, e-learning. Basically, oh. if you need it in mortgage banking, we have it. So give us a call. Yeah, that is the truth. That's so good. Okay, now we're going to try to do the Mortgage Collaborative ad, and we're excited to have them with us. We're always looking for the KPI of the week, and they do a great job of giving us those. And so uh, we're going to switch over and uh, try to grab of the – I said the Mortgage Collaborative – sorry um, – uh, that we're going to go to the mortgage collaborative app right now. So that's coming up here. Sorry, Charlie. Oh man. Doing these lives sometimes Marina, you're sitting in the background going, I'm so glad he's messing up today. So you're going to be perfect. I'm messing up. So anyway, we'll be right back after that about the mortgage collaborative. Thanks folks. The mortgage collaborative was founded by former chairman of the NBA, John Robbins and David Kittle and leaders at the forefront of the diversity movement in the real estate industry, Jim Park and Gary Acosta. The mortgage collaborative is the nation's only independent cooperative. The collaborative provides its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships with top mortgage professionals and leaders in our industry. In a relationship-driven business such as ours, often who you know is as important as what you know. To learn more, go to mortgagecollaborative.com or call Rich Swarbinski at 440-552-0691. The power of the network. Yeah, Sam, it's one of those times one of the times when you think everything's working great and I have a cold in my head and I'm that'll definitely not up to my par game, but anyway, it's good to have you on the phone, bud. Good to have you here. What's what are some of the headlines you're looking at? Well, uh like Paul said, it's a pretty busy week for news, but uh we'll just get right into it. Um first off, our mortgage market index and you know, an indication of upcoming originations based on open close rate lock volume was down two percent last week. Um, but what was interesting is that um, we had a 7% increase in purchase business. That's always good uh, when we see uh, activity increase on the purchase side because there was a 15% drop in refinance activity. Um, moving on, and sorry, I hear a siren out there, so that's what you're hearing here. But anyway, Freddie Mac. Go ahead. That's that's we get, we get some excitement. 
we get some excitement around here sometimes. Uh, Freddie Mac reported in its month, monthly summary sorry. that it's per- – go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said I was saying you live in a good neighborhood. Sorry. I was just yeah, trying to be funny here. So go ahead. Sorry, Freddie Mac. Yeah, so uh, Freddie Mac reported in its monthly summary that its purchases and issuances totaled nearly $53.7 billion in December. And what's significant about that, it was the strongest month since November 2012. Though, of course, we can expect to see you know, that volume drop off quite a bit um, as people clean out their uh, refinance uh, pipelines. Um, in addition, Freddie reported that its book of business climbed past $2 trillion, and that was for the first time since June 2012. So some big numbers there in, uh, in December for Freddie. Quicken Loans, uh, they reported as part of our, as part of our uh, mortgage origination survey that it uh, closed $26.9 billion during the fourth quarter, and that was slightly up from the previous quarter. Um, in addition, Quicken said its staffing has climbed to 16,000 people, so it's just blowing and going still, increasing that staff um, from you know such a small amount years ago. But, uh, um, you know, I just wanted to mention that word of city mortgages decision to get out of the mortgage servicing um, came just a week after it uh, agreed to a $68 million foreclosure settlement with the CFPB. Um, so that was kind of yeah. interesting that this followed that. Um, over at uh, at Stonegate Mortgage, which had been among you know the most rapidly growing non-bank mortgage bankers out there, um, it's being acquired by HomePoint Financial. Um, this deal is one in a string of investments for HomePoint, which last year you know, made an investment in Longbridge Financial and acquired the originations and operations of Emory Financial, and in 2015 had purchased uh, Maverick funding. So uh, that's interesting because, you know, Stonegate is a publicly traded company, and uh, again, they had been blowing and going for a while, but uh, that, that kind of turned around about a year ago. Um, a really popular story last week that we published was uh, the Department of Justice reported that a former senior loan officer at Chase was indicted. Um, according to the government, he had conspired with others in a scheme to defraud Chase by completing, certifying, and submitting loan applications with bogus information. So apparently he's going to fight it and he's going to trial. Um, a report from Fitch Ratings indicates that there have been 10 non-prime MBS issued during the past year and a half by five issuers, and Fitch said it expects a two-fold increase this year in non-prime issuance, um, and that's as a result of the increase in interest rates, which is going to redirect some lender focus from prime refinances to non-prime activity. Um, over at Movement Mortgage, we got, a, we got an announcement from the South Carolina Department of Commerce indicating that Movement's going to make a 91,000-square-foot addition to its headquarters, and that's supposed to expected to result in about 700 new jobs over the next five years. And, of course, they've already been adding jobs, and I, I think you previously mentioned that you, you were helping them along uh, yeah. when they first got started. So, yeah, uh, there at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, they're really growing. One last thing I just wanted to mention briefly was that uh, MIAC announced that it's offering uh, mortgage servicing rights on $781 million in Ginnie Mae loans. So anyone's interested in that might want to head to their website and find out information. But uh, those are some of the, you know, the top headlines we had over the last week. Got a whole lot more that we covered, obviously, but uh, those are the ones that were most interesting. 
Well, you do a great job with your website, and I really appreciate you taking time to be here and then shooting messages to me saying David, your audio is breaking up there. So anyway, we're, hopefully it's going to be better all the way through here. So I think I had the audio levels too high. But th- Sam, thank you so much. Um, very interesting. Uh, you're teeing up a lot of information for us to share when uh, we get Marina on the line here in just a few minutes, to, especially when you talk about the servicing transfers, you look at the home point acquisition of Stonegate. All the stuff that's going on, really interesting. So thank you so much, friend. Appreciate you being here and great service. And for those that have not already done so, I encourage you to go check out MortgageDaily.com and see all the information that's there. Most rich database of informa- of, of um, statistics and data that's there. MBA is a great website and a great, great place for it, but also Mortgage Daily has some that's available to those that are subscribing to the website. Also, you can get a hold of Sam at 214-521-1300 or email him at samgarcia at mortgagedaily.com. Sam, thanks so much for being here, my friend. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Always fun. All right, everybody. We're going to run over to John Maynell right now, who is VP of Client Services at Motivity Solutions. We're going to get an update on what is the eight, uh, the KPI of the week that they're focusing on. And then right after that, we've got Marina Walsh coming on in the Hot Topic segment. We'll be right back after we get this word from John Maynell about the KPI of the week. Hi, Dave. Thanks very much. Great to be back. And this week's key performance indicator is application to underwriting cycle time. This KPI is a measurement delivered at business days, and tracking this metric helps lenders ensure that their processes upstream from underwriting are as efficient as they can be. Our clients generally find that the sooner their qualified borrowers receive an underwriting decision, the less likely those borrowers are to shop around. So this KPI can ultimately boost app-to-funded pull-through as well, which is the KPI we focused on last week. So we're really beginning to connect the dots between operational efficiency and customer satisfaction. And once again, this and other KPIs we will be talking about in the coming weeks always demonstrate that what gets measured gets results. And uh, with that, I will thank you again, Dave, and turn it back to you. So good. Check it out at MotivitySolutions.com, 330-721-9000. Check them out. Give them a call. Look forward to it. Without further ado, we're going to get over and get Marina Walsh on the phone again. She's back with us. She's with the MBA, been a leader there, and just a real key executive to all that goes on at the MBA. And we're really honored to have you back, Maria and uh, Marina. And hopefully, the audio is going to be working and everything's good there. I've got Alice backed up, so I, I sent her your question. So if for some reason, things break up here again until I, I dial in my cell phone. We should have you here. But anyway, so good to have you here, Fred. Marina, I think I've got your uh, phone on. Let's make sure it's not on mute on your end. If you could double-check your mute button. There you go. I am here. I have to say, David, thank you for having me on. But Joe, Paul, Alice, and Sam did such a good job. They stole my thunder. Well, they they, they did cover some interesting (laughs) things. They do a great job for you. (laughs) <laughs> and they do, and I really appreciate it, especially when, you're, you know, when you feel and you have a cold and you think you're doing all right, it just reminds you of how muddled you can, your brain can be sometimes we're doing. And there, this is a busy switchboard. There's a lot of buttons to press, a lot of things to do. So, But more importantly, you're here, and I want to talk. start off by talking about – give us an MBA update from the headquarters. There's, a little, there's so much going on in the industry, and we have so many headlines, but I always appreciate – hearing an update for what's going on there. What's, what's in your sphere of, or what's on your radar screen is another way to say it. 
Yeah, sure, David. To start things out on a a good note, um, you had asked in the last uh, the last cast I was on about uh, David Stevens' health, and he is officially coming back to join us next week on Monday. So one week away. Um, his treatments have gone very well, and again, he appreciates all of the. Uh, you know, the wonderful notes and and just the well wishes from all of the NBA membership. So we'll start out with that. That's a good piece Great. of news um, to news. share with you. So NBA has definitely been busy in January. We had the IMB conference out in Palm Springs um, just last week. Um, as the president was going to a wet and soggy Palm Springs, so were many of us, and uh, the focus uh, no pun intended, liquidity, <laughs> focus on liquidity management, um, capital standards, um, focus on technology, um, the overall customer experience and what going digital means, um, focus on the purchase market. I know all of the economists at MBA have been talking about this purchase market for years now, but we're really here. It is the purchase market now. And, uh, you know, and lots of uncertainty on the policy front. Um, you know, this administration is new, and uh, so, uh, you know, we're waiting to see, uh, you know, what transpires. The Senate Banking Committee advanced the nomination of Ben Carson, so that looks good. And so on the policy front, we'll, we'll sort of wait and see. Um, I, I think it was yeah. already mentioned, the regulatory freeze that right. – um, that t the Trump administration mandated. Um, the chief of staff came out with an announcement on that. And so the question is, what does the freezing of the rulemaking mean? Um, you know, it seems like independent agencies like the Federal Reserve, the OCC, FDIC, and SEC don't appear to be covered by the freeze, but uh, there still needs to be clarity in regard to the CFPB. So I know our MBA policy folks, along with uh, other legal and policy folks, are um, trying to understand the memo and how it would impact the uh, CFPB regulations. So that's a... Yeah, I'm sorry for jumping in here and the yeah. volumes jumping up and down, but if, well, how, is you, how are you guys advising lenders from the MBA's, you know, unique seat uh, close to inside the beltway there, how are you advising members? Is it just a business as usual, keep, I mean, which is famous for things aren't going to stay as usual. It's almost like a, a signal that things are not going to stay the same. But when this uncertainty over CFPB and Cordray specifically, there's a lot of people yeah. would like to see him gone. And I really wonder, I, I think, if that's, yeah. Yeah, your thoughts, go mm -hmm. ahead. Well, I think the the role of MBA is to keep our membership informed as we are informed. And we obviously have a whole policy team. We have uh, folks on both sides of the aisle, um, you know, who who have access. We, we know members of the HUD transition team. And so the most important thing is to just stay actively engaged so that we can inform our members. Um, and so that's... Uh, you guys you know, do a great job of that. That's, that's really what we're do. trying to do. Yeah, and exactly. It's an almost it's impossible just... task because there's headlines and there's the reality and then there's the, the news-grabbing headlines that are out there. So you do a great job on doing that. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA January forecast that was recently released. Uh, this, I understand you kind of 
I'm, I'm, in fact, you guys were fortunate enough to share with me the slides, kind enough to share with me the slides. I'll be presenting on this. And I noticed there's been a bit of a dialing back on the production numbers. Talk about some of the latest forecasts that you're seeing. Yeah, it's pretty close to our forecast from December, but there was a little bit of a change. Um, Joe highlighted some of the market factors involved, but um, in, in 2017, total originations will be about $1.56 trillion, and I think our last forecast was at $1.57. So that's down from an estimated $1.9 trillion in 2016. And then in 2018, if we go further out, um, we expect volume to flatten or, or rise slightly to about $1.58 trillion overall. Um, obviously, interest rates have gone up over the past three months, right. um, but we hopefully uh, see a pace that slows down, and uh, we anticipate reaching about 4.7% by the fourth quarter of the year. Um, so... That's uh, sort of what we had in mind. So declines in refinancing activity will outweigh the growth in the purchase market. We still are anticipating, you know, at least 10%, you know, 10% growth in purchase originations. Um, Wage growth of 3% um, will help, you know, offset some of that rising interest rate um, environment. So, yeah, there was some some news, I guess, last week on new home sales, and so there's the question of whether, you know, there's an affordability challenge in new home sales because of the decline in December. But um, all in all, all, we're pretty still optimistic on purchase production, but it's that refi volume that's you know dropping oh, yeah. by. Fifty percent. That's going to affect the overall originations. So, let's, in a uh, nutshell, uh, pretty similar yeah. to what Joe said. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah. Well, we didn't want to try stealing your thunder. And Joe, you jump in, jump in here at any time. Alice as well. You guys jump in and let me know what you think. But anyway, let's talk about the policy front. What major actions are you seeing? We always talked a little bit about MIP, but what? what yeah. What's What's yeah. your thoughts? And what are you hearing on that? That's really interesting. Yeah, well, the MIP reduction has been suspended indefinitely, and really I can't add anything more to that. Um, our advocacy update came out in, on Friday. And by the way, folks, if you don't receive that advocacy update that comes out once a week, you really should as MBA members because it really is our way of at least engaging at least once a week on all the important happenings of the week. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not much to say uh, other than it seems to be suspended indefinitely um, pending further review. Um, another, uh, MBA did uh, join a coalition letter to um, to the Senate, uh, the, the House and Senate appropriators requesting that the housing counseling be fully funded in fiscal year 2017 appropriations bill. So that was a big thing. We joined a bunch of other groups in encouraging um, fi- uh, funding for the housing counseling. And then again, we're, we're still trying to interpret the regulatory freeze and the language that was released by the chief of staff on that. But those are the three big um, big items that we have thus far um, yeah. for the week. Well, let's let's get into talking about the M and A conference, and there's so much for us to to talk about there. Uh, let's get in and really visit about some of the things we, we already heard about the announcement by HomePoint, uh, their acquisition. 
uh, of Stonegate, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more coming down the line. At least there's a sense of that, and it's not happening just in the area of uh, the mortgage companies. There's also a lot on the on the technology side. So we could go on and on about it, but talk about the home point deal, and then let's uh, cover all the points. What what is the MBA? Obviously, you're focusing on it because you're holding another uh, very important uh, conference on it. So let's talk about it. Yes, we're having a conference on it, and I think you hit the nail. It, you hit it on the nail when you said we're seeing, you know, mergers and acquisitions, not just with independent, larger independents buying independents. We're seeing independents getting, um, you know, private equity infusions. We're also seeing banks buying banks, um, and we're even seeing ESOP, um, you know, employee stock option program. So lots of different ways to achieve uh, what needs to be achieved from the buyer-seller perspective. And and on the vendor community, that's very important. We just had Motivity on. As we know, um, this past year there was an announcement that um, Black Knight Financial Services was acquiring right. um, Motivity Solutions. And then we have the situation where Titan um, Lenders, this was back in March, a mortgage services company announced that it was acquired by Meta. Source. So a lot happening in the technology and vendor front um, to try to meet the needs of um, borrowers from stooped, soup to nuts. You know, being involved in the whole mortgage transaction, I think, is a big part of the reason for that, or being able to provide services for the entire uh, manufacturing process. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm having a, a call with Willie Newman tomorrow to beg him to come and speak at our M&A conference. Okay. He's thinking about it and that he, he agreed to have a call with me on it, but um, okay. he would be an addition to our acquirer perspectives panel. But, um, yeah, just announced on Friday, $211 million in cash. I think the Stonegate stockholders would receive $8 per share, um, and that's about a 35% premium, I believe. So it is a very big deal. So the combined entity now is a top 25 company. And, you know, you look at the charts that we always show at all of our major conferences showing the changing composition of the lending institutions. And, you know, you look at IMBs now, I'm sure, you know, that that number is going to go up, but you know IMB is already at 46 percent, um, and uh, that could continue. In this particular case, it was two IMBs joining forces, but at the same time, um, you know independents are are buying up bits and pieces of of uh, banks as well. We hear about Chase, for example, selling their uh, their USDA uh, business right. over. So uh, lots going on. Yeah, there, for and, sure. Yeah, they sold, it, Chase sold to Freedom, their yes, rural housing yeah. business. And not all these mergers that go, come together are going as well as originally intended. And I think that's why people need to come to this conference, because not only are you talking about what's going on, some of the motivations that are happening, but it's really how to make them work. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest issues. Absolutely. That's actually a big issue. But of course, the folks that are speaking at our M&A conference are all successful <laughs> with their merges. At least yeah. they're going to talk about the, what worked and what didn't. And so their recent you know, uh, 
in in their cases, they seem to right. think they're working. But it's a very good point that you bring up because um, everybody likes focusing on the deal. You know, yep. what's the price going to be? How do you come to a meeting of the minds? How do, you know, the owners realize that the cultures will be similar and will merge? But it all depends on what happens after the deal. And so I'm so grateful to have um, David Robin, who's the president and CEO of Wintrust, who's willing to talk about life after the deal. Um, it's not fun and exciting necessarily, but it's where all the work really is. Oh, yeah. Once That's you right. acquire a company or once you acquire assets, you mm-hmm. need to avoid turnover risk. You need to keep everyone as, product, as productive as possible. You know, you need to worry about compensation plans and 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 you know keeping those employees happy because if you don't have the employees, what do you have? Yeah, um, yeah, and exactly. uh, yeah, so there's a lot of work: training, branding, communications, all the things that seem light and fluffy but aren't. It's where yeah. all the real work takes place. And I've seen that in our peer group roundtables program. We we conduct a annual peer group roundtables programs, and a lot of times. We lose companies that are going through a merger and acquisition, not necessarily because they can't put the data together, because they are so 100% focused on trying to make, um, you know, this merger of of cultures of people work. And so a lot of do's and don'ts and lessons learned from folks who have been through, you know, some mergers that have worked, some that haven't, they'll, they'll obviously focus on the ones that have worked. Right. And we have communications folks. There are people out there that specifically work on just internal and external communications um, and relationship building. So uh, that's that's sort of a new piece. In the past, we've we've focused a lot on the deal and what are going to be the deal points, and you know what is the deal structure going to be, and 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 what are the what is the due diligence process. But um, you know, now at the end of the day, yeah. it's about people. It's all about the people. A lot of people yeah. are wondering, you know, why, what are some of the motivations why people are acquiring out there? Let's go there, and then we're going to talk about later, later right after that, about why people are selling. So let's talk about why, are, why do you see the acquisitions taking place that are going on out there? You know, I, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity. They see an opportunity to gain market share. There's the argument of economies of scale through size. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be the want, the desire for product diversity, you know, bringing in a new product, um, you know, increasing a presence um, in new and existing markets, um, expanding into different geographic markets. Um, one item we're seeing is also expansion into consumer lending. It could be the acquiring company does not really have a strong direct marketing, con, you know, consumer direct channel. So we've seen a few cases of that. You see that with uh, Loan Depot and um, iMortgage, for right. example. Yeah. So expanding um, into consumer lending, you know, an, a, a, an effort to go digital, which was a big theme of the IMB conference last week out in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be there could be a desired technology. Going back to the vendor front, why are vendors merging together? You know, optimizing that workflow and data management solution, um, you know, providing this se- seamless technology from soup to nuts. It could be that a vendor is really good at uh, 
pre-close activities, but not so good at the post-close activities. So it's being able to provide the continuous workflow from application and to closing and beyond, um, I think, is, is a, a driver. Um, so it's in, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. I think the effort to go digital is definitely out there, and we're seeing a lot more focus on that. But we have lenders that are dedicated to the digital aspects of it and doing extremely well. Let's, let's switch over though to why sell. Why are some of the companies that you're seeing out there, from the MBA standpoint, why are they selling? Chase's recent yeah, sale. Some, of, uh, yeah, recent, sometimes there's just a a business decision to get out of a product line. Or we do have, we keep talking about the aging of the mortgage industry. You could have aging owners who, who want to retire um, right. from the mortgage business. Um, so that's a, that's a common reason. Um, cost of compliance and rising cost to originate, you know, with all these regulations, it's, it's tough. It's not easy. There's a big... Um, barrier to entry to getting into the mortgage business now, which is an opportunity for those that are already in it. But at the same time, those who are already in it, you know, it's a it, it's it can be complicated. It can be a headache, and there are rising costs. So that that could be another reason. Um, uh, I, I would say an inability or a lack of desire to keep up with technological change. And I would focus on the vendors for that. If you think about the vendors before no, before UO, some of them just came out and said, we're not going to support these regulatory changes anymore. Wow. So, you know, they're sort of, uh, so, so you have folks leaving or trying to sell or merge because perhaps they don't have the personnel to do it or the wherewithal. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, to do it's, it, it's, I think it's definitely getting more sophisticated. So I think we're we're gonna see mm-hmm. a driving aspect of it. So let's. I want to get over to Alice and Joe. Let's start with you, Alice. If there's any questions that come to mind on this topic, and then head over to Joe. Alice, are you? And I'm interested in your perspective. You sold Alice a couple of years ago to Indicom, and so you've gone through this journey. And I think it's both from the standpoint of motivation for selling as well as the sale itself. It's been a very mm-hmm. successful one. You're still there. It's still working. You're beyond your non-compete and you had to stay there type thing. So it's working for you. Love your thoughts. And then if you have any questions for Marina. Well, uh, yeah, welcome, Marina. It's all great information. But, uh, Dave, to answer your question, I know for us it was um, um, a meeting of uh, blending talents, right? If you look at complementing right. talents, what one group has versus the other group, um, and putting those pieces together, you can gain some efficiencies and new market shares that separately you otherwise couldn't have accomplished. Um, and then, of course, is always the key, as you know, Klein would always talk about, is that they, you have to, you know, be able to have a lot of synergy between the companies and have the same philosophies right. and core philosophies for it to work, and, and we've had that. So as I see all this M&A activity, you know, I'm assuming they have gone to those routes before they've made these decisions. <laughs> right? Yeah, and you assume um, so. But some yeah. are purely financial, you know, some are, are just uh, purely financial. So um, my question, Marina, is uh, I'd like to go back just briefly to the legislative front, if you don't mind, which is at the beginning, and um, just really if you have any additional insight on any milestones ahead that we should watch for, 
you know, related. I know the administration, the president's administration right now is anything can happen on any given day. But what's hmm. the, so what's the MBA's objectives? Normally the MBA has some kind of roadmap that they're planning to follow. Is there a roadmap right now um, on, the, on the issue with, for example, the CFPB um, and the freezing regulations? Yes, there, there is a roadmap, and I'll, I would say that there's uh, uh, the roadmap's forthcoming. <laughs> so there, okay. there could be an announcement very soon in terms of at least part of the roadmap. So I'll keep you all guessing on that. Oh, well, that's, you know, that's, read, that's, that's read, keep you hanging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep, look look at the now. trade publications over the next two days, but um, there oh, might the be something forthcoming on that. But okay. um, in any event, I, I, I think, again, it's a matter of us, the, um, the current administration, the HUD transition team, the people in place being comfortable with us doing our part to educate and to, you know, the facilitate relationships between us, the trade association, and, um, and those making the decisions. So that's uh, what I'll say for now. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, that's almost sounding like an. That's a very of the politically kind of correct response. response. <laughs> <laughs> you're used to that. You're inside well, the yeah, yeah, more forthcoming. The fact that one is forthcoming is helpful because it is, you know, as an industry, yeah. we all want to be on the same page, and yeah. it helps to at least hear where what MBA may be able to be doing for us. Because I think this is where people would contribute to the MBA, right? You say this that's is correct. what I need yeah. the association most is in this political arena. Yep, that's absolutely the case. Yep. Let's run over, let's get, looking at the clock here. So, Joe, let's have you jump in here with any questions you have for Marina. Joe, I bet she's looking for that mute button again. We may have to double check. Give him just a minute more. Otherwise, Marina, I want to get right on in. Joe, are you there? Yeah. If not, oh, I should mention in the meantime, though, David, yeah. that um, – uh, you are speaking. You are, are facilitating one of the sessions, the legal, regulatory, and accounting and tax perspectives at the workshop. And, uh, you know, that's made up of our A-team of folks. Uh, we have the legal, Richie May. We have Fanny. We have Jenny. And we have uh, we have Mitch Kiter from Wiener Brodsky. Right. And uh, that's one thing to keep in mind, too. So David's going to be facilitating for that for us. And, um, you know, that tax piece, it's not fun to talk about. No one likes talking about it, but it's a big thing, optimizing the, you know, the after-tax value of acquisitions and dispositions is a, is a big deal. And so uh, that's an important part of it. And also your your former col- colleague at Mortgage Banking Solutions, Chuck Klein, will be yes. on hand, too. So He's good. have to make those points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's, let's run. Let's run through that. You also like when you know, you know, one of the first sessions with Bill Dallas, my good buddy Bill and uh, Paul Miller. You've got mm-hmm. them talking about the trending, what's trending in M and think that's going to be a great one. Talks about the trends, the seller objectives, and expectations. Really good content there. I think that's going to be an outstanding one. But also the yeah. seller and the seller alternatives panel. Talk a little bit about that one. 
with Mark Stafford. Love we're going to have a bet. We're going to have representatives of a bank that was sold to a bank, an independent sold to an independent, employee stock option program, Axia Galert, Galert. Dernay. Yeah. I hope I pronounced that right. Yep, you did. Um, from Axia, and and also a um, private equity infusion. So all together yeah. there, um, headed up by our friend Mark Stafford at MS Capital Advisors, and. Um, and then we have a similar acquire panel. Most of the acquirers, um, again, I'm hoping to get Willie, but we have um, Brian Hale, who's the CEO at Stearns, David mm-hmm. Norris, who's the um, chief revenue officer at Loan Depot, and Andrew Peters, who's the president of First Guarantee coming. So it's um, a good group. And then and yeah. we, we also have Motivity, too. We have uh, on our yeah. um, technology and vendor panel, we have uh, – Motivity, uh, Black Knight represented. Kirk Good. Larson from Black Knight will be there. Um, and uh, Specialized Loan Servicing, Ellie May, Metasource. So good group of folks. Good Great group, group of folks. Of folks. Yeah. And where is the conference at? Let's give the – so everyone who's not registered can get registered. How best way to get registered and get information on where the conference is at, as well as the you Mortgage Services just, Conference. Yep. You can just go to our website at mba.org to register. It's taking place – in the Dallas area, it's actually a Addi- in Addison, so I guess that's closest to Love Field, right? Yep. I think Love, it is. yeah, um, Dallas Love is the closest uh, airport, and um, so at the Intercontinental in um, Addison, I think the Intercontinental is about sold out, but there are uh, other nearby hotels. February twenty second to twenty third. That would be great. Excellent. I really appreciate you coming on and being here with us again, Marina. It's always good for you to give us an overview. You have done just, I mean, I'm just so thrilled with the relationship with the MBA and your role there and along with all the executives that provide leadership to our industry is just so critical. And I love these conferences and I'm really honored to participate in them. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to be here with us. Really do. Thank you, David. Folks, we're going to have Mark Jones joining us next week, and we're going to be talking about servicing uh, just ahead of the MBA's National Mortgage Servicing Conference and Expo in the Grapevine. We're going to be having uh, we're going to have Mark come on and talk about it. If you guys remember, we did a month long series a, a, a year or so, maybe. Oh gosh, I hope it's not two years ago. We got to do another one. But Mark was one of the guests, and he brought on why he got into servicing, how he's grown his servicing. He's got a great company. He's been acquiring companies. So there's going to be so many aspects of his presentation next week that you're going to want to tune in and dial in and listen to the podcast. Great stuff. Marina, thank you for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of the podcast. Got so many people dialed in. We are grateful for all of you being the strong listeners that you are and ask you to just go ahead and tell others about the podcast so that we can go out and get continue to grow this thing as we have just been so very, very grateful that we've been able to do. So great to have you with us listening. Just apologize for some of the head cold that I've got here. Obviously, my voice isn't normal, nor is by uh, staying on top of all the aspects of the switchboard today. It's been a little bit of a challenge, but I appreciate you listening in. Good to be with you. Have a great week, everybody. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.